Bible reading this morning is from 2 Peter 1, verses 1 to 11. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Saviour Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Well, good morning. Opening God's word... It's an awesome responsibility, which, we, which I don't take uh, lightly, and we shouldn't take lightly as we turn to God's word. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the opportunity to open it and to read it, but more importantly, to take seriously what it says and to work out how that applies to our lives. Lord, we thank you for the Apostle Peter and for his writings, and as we turn to his second letter this morning, we ask that you would be our teacher and our guide, and we might have the confidence to put our trust in you. Amen. David's going to put up a PowerPoint. Um, Wendy and I, many years ago, did a course called CELTA, Teaching English as a Second Language. And uh, when we did that course, we learned that uh, pictures really help uh, a person with a second language concentrate on what you're saying and trying to explain concepts you might not be able to understand in words. And I changed the way I did PowerPoints because we did that course And I've been doing it like this ever since, so that's why I use the PowerPoint. Our society, thanks uh, David, is very confused morally. They're not sure really what's going on at all. Our society seems to think that we are completely now morally free to do whatever we want. On the other hand, at times we become very arbitrary and judgmental. Russell Brand was for 20-odd years has been the hero of promiscuity. He's been lauded in the community for his lifestyle. But now, after a number of accusations of rape and assault have come up, Russell Brand has been dumped. He's the greatest insult of all, dumped from YouTube. Um, He's no longer on YouTube. He's no longer on the BBC. There's been no trial about his charges. There's been no investigation. It's just the accusations. And it's a picture of what our society's like. We don't think morality matters most of the time. 
And then occasionally we do. The Bible's picture is very different. And in 2 Peter, amongst other things, Peter is very concerned with what it means to be good. Thanks, David. Um, the first question that we ask from this passage is, what does God do? Thanks, David. And in verse 1 it says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through, faith, who through righteous, the righteousness of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. The authorship of 2 Peter is the Apostle Peter, though many scholars doubt that. They doubt that because the language of 2 Peter is a bit different to the language of 1 Peter. Some think it's a bit more advanced. And in the early church, when they were determining which books became part of the Bible, one of the ways they did that was to look at, A, whether it was the authorship, and B, how often the books were quoted in the early church fathers. And the book of 2 Peter was rarely quoted. Now, I don't think it's particularly surprising that Peter's language developed as he got older, but it, it may well also have been that Peter used different scribes, so that doesn't worry me too much. And as to the whole not quoting much of 2 Peter, well, here's the, here's the surprising thing. We today often don't quote 2 Peter that regularly. I, th I don't know why the book gets neglected. It's a terrific book, but it was a bit neglected in the early church, and I think it's a bit neglected now. Regardless, it was written by the apostle as far as its claims, and its readership was to those who have received faith because of the righteousness of God and the Saviour of Jesus Christ. The book was written to believers, to those who have received faith. And it was written by the Apostle. And in many ways it was written, there's a famous American preacher who used to describe the Christian faith in two words. He used to say that religion is due and Christianity is done. And Peter was very much a believer in done. That God has done it for us. He has saved us, called us. Verse 3, thanks uh, David. His is that font big enough for you to read up the back? It is okay. Okay, that's just good, good to know. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and, and godliness through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. God has given us a divine power, something of God. And through this has come knowledge to him who has called us. Thanks, David. And verse 4, through, the, through these he has given us his very great and precious promise, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. He's given us his promises of forgiveness and restoration. He's called us, he has allowed us to call him our saviour. And he's given us the ability to participate in the divine nature. It's an unusual biblical phrase, isn't it? An ability to participate in God's divine nature. Eugene Peterson, in his translation, The Message, describes this like this. He says, we've been given a ticket to participate in the life of God. An ability to live morally the way God wants us to. What Peter is saying is that God has called us to be his people. He has given us faith 
and given us the ability to live his way. Now again, this is not the way the world thinks. The world is very confused and has a number of objections against anything that might be God's way. Thanks, David. Objection number one is, I'm a good person. I don't need to live God's way. I'm not like the rest. I'm morally sound. I gave some money to charity. I grew up in the northwest of Tasmania. What more do you want? I'm a good person. But of course we know, as, as Terry prayed, it's, it's unlikely we go an hour without falling short of God's standards. And objection number two is, thanks David, does God really care? Does anybody really care? Well, God cares because God wants what's best for us. Much like a parent who wants what's best for his or her children, God wants what's best for us. And therefore, God does care. He's given us his divine power. As I said earlier, for 10 years until January this year, I had the honour to be a Navy chaplain, a Presbyterian chaplain in the Navy. I still do reserve work, but I'm no longer full-time. During that time, I heard many, many sailors come to me with all sorts of dramas that they had. And the dramas in, in, in many of these sailors' lives were normally caused by somebody else. So they'd come and see the old chaplain if their girlfriend had dropped them or they're having trouble at work or there was a million different reasons of things going on in their lives. And one of the questions I used to ask them was, do you feel powerless? And they often, their eyes would brighten up and go, yes, that's exactly how I feel. Because we feel powerless when we concentrate on what other peoples have done to us, on, on, on the fact that we are the victim of other people's sin. We are powerless in many ways. But we're also the victims of our own sin, <laughs> Often the problems in our lives are not just caused by those around us, they're caused by us and our own sin. And the great joy is we are not powerless to deal with that. We are not powerless to face our own sin and to do something about it. God has saved us and called us. He saved us from sin and death. Now often Christians fall into the habit of believing we've been saved from death and death. We've not been saved from death and death. We've been saved from sin and death. Verse 4, thanks David, just a reminder. Through these things he has given us his very great and precious promise so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So, thanks David, what can we do then? If God has called us to live his way, he's freed us from sin and death, what can we do? Well, verse 5, thanks David. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. It's not an exhaustive list of goodness. It's a typical list, a good list. And Peter is saying, be good because in Christ he's given you the freedom to live that way. 
to your faith add works. Not that you might be saved, because we're already saved. Add works because they are good. Let's go through a few of them. The goodness here is the same word that's used in verse 3 of God. He's saying be like Christ, be like God. Knowledge is a good thing because it's always good to grow in our learning and understanding. Self-control, temperance is a great virtue that, that, that can have an impact on every part of our life as Christians if we can have self-control. Our children went to different high schools and our youngest son, Pete, went to a school where, thanks Peter, uh, thanks, uh, he's Peter, thanks David, <laughs> the school's motto was, he conquers who conquers self. I tried to get that through my 12-year-old son at the time. It didn't sort of really wash and I'm not sure it washed with him till he was, when he was left at 18. I think he's starting to wash, he's 30 now, he's doing well. He conquers who conquers self. The value of self-control for a Christian is we can live the way we want to live, not the way our body leads us to live. Perseverance or patience. The willingness to suffer in silence and honour God with our lives. The ability to keep going. My mum lives in a retirement village in Sydney and uh, she told me that one of the uh, people in the village is turning 100 this week. And she pointed me to the little bulletin of her village to tell me a little bit about him. And this bloke was turning 100, and it was his, his, him and his wife's 70th wedding anniversary. And I read the little blurb in the bulletin. He was, a, uh, he was an AIF, he was in the AIF at, in Kokoda during World War II. His wife did a, a Bachelor of Economics during the war. That's extraordinary. They, they then spent 40 years being missionaries in Borneo. That's a tough gig. <laughs> they went to Borneo and worked amongst warring tribes that used to collect skulls as treasures. They saw the gospel really make an impact in that culture. They worked there for 40 years. He did all sorts of things. He, he built airstrips. He did all sorts of things. And then one period when he was away for four months up in some remote village, his wife wrote down the language of the local people and put it, wrote it down. He then came back and translated the New Testament into that language. Extraordinary, these missionaries, 40 years, never heard anything about them. But then, what was, I was more amazed by, they then retired and moved to this retirement village where my mum lives, and for 20 years they served the people in this retirement village. It's a picture of perseverance. Godliness is mentioned there. And the godliness that's mentioned there is, is, a, is that sacred appreciation of what God has done. The joy of, of seeing God around us. Are you the sort of Christian that gets excited when you see the joy of God's creation? My favourite Tasmanian animal so far is the turbochook. Do you know, I read during the week that they can do, they can do 50 kilometres an hour. Isn't that, I mean, God is gracious and puts a little wild chook around that can run at 50 kilometres an hour. 
Shouldn't we get excited by the goodness of the creation because it reflects the creator? Wendy and I have moved to a property, little six-acre place, and there's this elm tree growing, weedy elm tree growing everywhere. And we've been slowly removing it and building the hugest bonfire you can imagine. And yesterday we lit it, and it's gone. I'm so excited. The joy of fire to take away all that that, that, uh, that uh, spent fuel. And to godliness add brotherly kindness. The Bible never lets us get away from the practical. We're to offer kindness to each other. Thanks, uh, David. Um, a few, a little over a month, couple of months ago, I was preaching at, at Devonport Prezies and I did a kids' talk about God's graciousness in creation. And I, Wendy and I grew a, grow a few veggies and I had, some, um, I had some broad bean seeds like those. I had a little broad bean seedling about this high and I had a full-grown broad bean plant about two metres high. And I took them all in to show the kids about the wonder of creation. At the end of the service, this fellow shuffled up past me and, and, and handed me a brown envelope. Now, you're a bit worried when you're a preacher and someone hands you a brown envelope at the door. But in the brown envelope were not dollars, they were broad bean seeds. And this guy had bred his own broad beans. And uh, he's given them to me, I've planted them and they're growing well. You couldn't do something more kind for a crazy gardener like me than to give me some broad bean seeds. It was an act of brotherly kindness. And it makes a difference, doesn't it? And to add all that, love, Peter says. To love like God has loved us. Thanks, uh, David. This is how Eugene Peterson, Eugene Peterson in the message translates goodness, good character, knowledge, spiritual understanding, self-control, alert discipline, perseverance, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, generous love. Now, here's the big question. Why? Why should we live like that? Why? Because we have to live like that to be saved? No, of course not. Because we must live like that or God will reject us? No. Why? Thanks, David. Because we can. (laughs) Because we can. We are free to live like that. That's what we forget. Without the power of God in our lives, we're not free. Because we can. Eugene Peterson then goes, sorry, um, in verse 8, where am I now? Verse number, next slide, David, yeah. Uh, Verse 8 then says, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't we want to be effective and productive? Absolutely. And, next one, David. But if you But if anyone does not have them, he is short-sighted and blind, has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. We've forgotten if we forget to live God's way. So then finally, thanks David, what will be the result if we can live this way? Not perfectly because we're still sinful and we still fall short. But what will be the result? Well, thanks David. Therefore, brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. 
and you'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Peter says, make your calling an election sure. Now, the theologians amongst you are now a bit worried about this guest preacher. Is he preaching heresy? Is he saying that your election is not sure? Well, thanks, David. John Calvin, the great reformer, said of this verse, to be sure here means to be certain in one's mind experientially. Calvin was saying, well, our calling is sure, but we've got to experience it. Well, that may be it, but I think, I don't want to be contradicting Calvin, you know, I'd be in big trouble, wouldn't I? That may be it, but I think there's more to it. I think what he's saying is this. If we don't experience the freedom from sin, then we're not really experiencing all that God has for us. Thanks, David. If I got the broad bean seeds from that fellow at Devonport and didn't plant them in the ground, well, have I really experienced what, what I could have had? In, uh, in defence, if you go to war as a sailor, soldier or airman or you go to a warlike duty, one of the perks for life is a gold card. And uh, I had the opportunity to go to a warlike setting in the Middle East on a ship for seven months, but for all sorts of reasons the government determined that our particular trip was non-warlike. So I never get a gold card. Tough luck for me. But if you did get a gold card and you never took it with you to the doctor and you never claimed the freedom from cost that a gold card gives you, what's the point of having a gold card? If we are not prepared to live freely, we're not experiencing what God has for us. Thanks, David. Eugene Peterson, in his translation, puts it like this. So, friends, confirm God's invitation to you his choice in you. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you will have your life on a firm footing, streets paved the way wide open into eternal kingdom of our Master and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Thanks, David. By conclusion, where we started, in many ways I think morally our society is completely confused. But is it our job as Christians to judge them and tell them? Well, if it ever was, I think arguably the church has lost its moral authority by our own sinfulness in the last 20 or 30 years. The Bible doesn't want us to condemn, it wants us to demonstrate. It wants us to live freely without sin, to show people how to live. Thanks, David. Be more be all the more eager to make our election and calling secure because we can. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word and your and the clarity in which you have called us out of darkness into your light. Now, Lord, help us to be people who live in the light, who honor you with our lives, and who live with the freedom that you've given us in Christ. Allow us, Lord, to be free because we are free. Amen.